Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Secret Library Podcast. I'm Caroline Donahue. As a lifelong book lover, I've been hanging out with books as long as I can remember. Here on the show, we're going inside the world of books and learning what's involved in going from brilliant idea to finished manuscript and what it takes to get it out in the world. You'll hear from authors, publishers, editors, and all kinds of professionals whose work brings you what you read every day. The Secret Library Podcast is sponsored by Muse Monthly, a subscription box for literature and tea lovers. Get a brand new novel custom paired with a full box or tin of tea on your doorstep every month. Visit musemonthly.com and use the code SECRET00, all one word in all caps, for 10% off your subscription. So we are back with another episode of the Secret Library podcast. And this week I have April Pivoteau, who passed out from happiness when the New Yorker called her debut book, Gluten is My Bitch, from Abrams 2013, quote, highly entertaining. After she woke up, she went on to pen two more hilarious books about digestive disorders, The Gluten-Free Cheat Sheet in 2015, and the upcoming Bake Sales Are My Bitch, coming out ironically in April of 2017. For April. For April. Um, <laughs> Pavita began her writing and editing career in New York, very fancy, as a freelance writer for lifestyle and entertainment pubs all over, and as an editor on the award-winning team of Babbel. She had a staff writing position at The Stir and then an editor gig at Mom.me, so she knows every parenting controversy in the world and how to exploit it online. So yeah. other ways Pivoto entertains herself and others include podcasting on Mom, uh, Mom on the Rocks, The Meltdown Moms. She tweets as a six-year-old for Why Does Our Car Look Taller and blogging at Gluten Is My Bitch, DIY, D- uh, WTF, and more. All this is even more of an accomplishment when you consider the fact that she grew up in Oklahoma where it's illegal to draw attention to herself. Luckily, her stint at the University of Texas in Austin helped her get over any lingering modesty. So I'm glad that you've let go of the modesty and you can come on the show with us, April. Thank you. Did you like how I was agreeing with my bio as you read it? (laughs) Like, yep, it's all true. I'm like, God, I hope so. (laughs) Because if you sent it to me and it wasn't true, we're in big trouble. (laughs) I know, I just felt the need to verbalize all of a sudden. yes. Yes. Yes, that that's accurate. Right. You're getting it right. I really I appreciate the you know the validation as I'm going through it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. This is uh, very exciting to be on a book podcast. I love books. Oh. I read them. I write them. I, I know enjoy- you. You do all of the things with all of the books. All of the things. Oh. I'm not a big book on tape person, but I I, I can change. I don't so know. Thank you. Anybody can change. So. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it would be interesting to do Gluten is My Bitch as an audiobook. Would you ever read an audiobook? Yeah, I think that would be fun. I, nobody's asked me. I, I just think realized you have a nice nobody, voice. 
nobody has asked me to read my book on tape and I would get to like curse out loud instead of just printing it and, and, and seeing what happens. That would have been fun. Why did that not happen? Now I, I, now I get, now I need to call my agent. Call your agent. Call my I think agent. We're inquiring minds want to know when the audiobook is coming out. Maybe it's tricky because it's not just a story. It's right. also the recipes. So it might be a little odd to be like one oh, cup right. flour, three cups butter. Now you want to combine it all together. You're right. You're right. Reading um, how to make gluten-free chicken fried steak is actually not my idea of a good time. And reading out ingredients is not my idea of a good time either. I think we just figured it out right now, Caroline. We solved so thank, it. We thank solved you for that. It. But I do think, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not completely, I'm not completely giving up on it because maybe you could do the recipes as videos. Oh, you are a genius. Hey, so you read the book and then say, now please refer to your, to the accompanying video where I demonstrate how to make chicken fried steak. Here's YouTube for you. YouTube link here. You could do Vimeo if you wanted to be a little private. Just let the book. People that's true. That's true. If I don't want people knowing your names on the YouTube, right? No, that's, that's also a really, really good idea. I guess people can call you names anywhere, really, but it, they especially do it on, on the YouTube. So Yeah, the YouTube is really violent. It's bad. It's bad and sad. Oof, I know. It's rough. I know. But yeah, but you, no. You are a unicorn, and that is the reason I wanted to have you on, because so many people start blogs, I think, with dreams of getting a book deal. And and you have done it, not once, done but three times. I've done it and done it and done it again. It's true. It's true. I'm very, I'm very lucky. I'm a very um, uh, lucky blog to book type of type of person. It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, I know, I do know a lot of other people who've done it as well. Uh, but you're in the club now. I'm in that club. I am. I, I was lucky. I was lucky that I actually had uh, one of those journalism degrees before I started my blog and was working as a writer which I think um, makes, well, I was going to say it makes a huge difference, yet I do know many people who have had blogs that didn't have that and went on to, to great success. So um, for me, um, I, I still credit like my background being most of, most of that. The other part was, as you know, being gluten-free, it suddenly got hugely trendy, and I happened to start you know, crapping my pants right as that happened. So my timing was impeccable. Genius. Genius, genius. And... Um, and um, I think I, I was able to be inspired with a catchy name, <laughs> Gluten is my bitch, got, got a little attention that way. But yeah, no, it was it was very cool when, um, you know, I was just sick and I, I, I went part time from a writing gig because I was just feeling too bad to be pumping out work 24-7 with two tiny, tiny kids at home. And so I was like, I've got to stop. And then I found out I had celiac. And so then I was like, well, now I've got to work. I'm feeling better. And I started the, the Gluten is My Bitch blog. And um, and I was, again, timing is everything. It got trendy as my, my blog started to take off. And then I had um, actually more than one agent contact me about a book, which was super lucky. This, you know, it's it's... And also, I think at the time blogs to book were really selling well like it was a thing that was really happening and so I, uh, for once in my life I got every time timed thing in in the right order and bam the next thing you know I'm talking to agents and they're pitching my book and uh, I got a I got a deal on my hand so it was it was a lot of luck a lot of good timing and um a lot of uh, crapping my pants. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you you turn your blog. Most into people a book. miss that last step, but uh, they do. But it's crucial. It's very important. 
Very important step. How do they contact you? I don't know. I have this fantasy that you're like standing in the middle of your house. You're like got one <laughs> hand on your stomach. You're kind of typing. You've got kids crawling around and then the phone rings and it's like, hey, we want to give you a like, book deal. You know, it's the 1940s newsroom. I know that's totally, I mean, yeah. I know this is completely wrong, but I am no, about well, to be mystifying on the show. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but, but Damn. well, again, because, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to live in New York and work in the, the publishing community there. I knew some people and, um, um, I, thanks to the magic of Facebook, I'd ma- maintained some Facebook friendships of people who, um, of one agent in particular who was friends of a friend and she saw me posting about my blog and she was the first person to say, as soon as you're ready to write a book, let me know. And I was like, oh, I book really? Okay. Yes. Now that I'm thinking about it, why don't I do that? Um, and then I was thinking about it and, and trying to, trying to kind of sort it and, and figure out my, my pitch when, um, a mom at my daughter's preschool, because this is how things work in, in LA, uh, was saying, Hey, I've got, um, an agent who wants me to write a book about her own blog. Um, and I'm not a writer, but you are. So would you like to partner up with me? And I was like, sure, that sounds great. And I had met, talked to her agent about her book and she said, you have what? Gluten is my bit. What? What? She's like, and then she's like, you and I need to talk separately. (laughs) So at this point I was talking to two different agents and then I went to New York and met with then a third who, um, another friend had told about my, my meetings and she was like, I want to meet with her too. She, She was a cookbook agent. And I was really lucky to be able to, um, have some interest right away. And, uh, um, and then I picked, I picked the agent that was, um, seemed the most to, to like me, <laughs> made me feel good about myself. I think that's I fair. That's, right. That's fair. Um, and I've been with her ever since and she's great and I love her and she gets me and, um, and she also brokered my second deal, my third deal and hopefully, you know, future deals. Like it's, it's been a really great experience. And, um, again, I know I'm, I know I'm lucky. I know that things don't always fall in people's laps as easily, but it did for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're crapping your pants. I, mean, I know, I know. I mean, people think it's a bad thing, but uh, for me, it was great. <laughs> it did great. so much. I know. Oh, God, I know. Although my husband um, had asked me after my book, my first book came out, and it was doing really well, and I was getting a lot of attention, a lot of stuff was happening, and he was like, so, would you you know, rather be gluten, like rather be able to eat gluten without getting sick or enjoy this book success. And I'm like, I want to eat gluten. I could have written something else. I did not have to do this. Yeah. You're a good writer. You could make something else funny. I could, I could have done, I could have written about anything. Um, um, I could have crapped my pants in a different way and written about it. It's true. There are other ways to do it. I mean, you could travel yeah. somewhere where. And crap my pants and write about it. I mean, you could go somewhere where the water is really different than ours, you know, and get some sort of, you know, you could get a parasite or something. There's I many ways parasite? to do it. I could, yeah, I could get that Zika virus everybody's Ooh, talking about. Not good, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah, so, um, so yes, um, the, the, uh, the, the luck of the draw <laughs> made it to be all about gluten. Gluten! Yeah, I know, it all is, but it's... In a way, I mean, if you're going to not be able to eat gluten, you might as well get a book deal out of it. Right? I that's mean, that I seems thought. like small consolation, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And and I do think, the, 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 the other thing I do think, like in all sincerity, that was helpful with this is when I started my blog, there wasn't anybody out there being really um, 
flippant about it, I guess. I mean, I was being flippant, but I was also being angry and I was trying to be funny. And I was, you know, I was just in the middle of learning all this stuff. And I'd never, I didn't know what it was about. And I thought it was insane that I couldn't eat pizza anymore. Uh, real pizza, I should say. And so um, the, the other gluten-free stuff that was happening was sort of very like, rah, rah, we're healthy and gluten-free. It's so great. And I came along with like bulldoze that whole idea. So I was able to you know, grab the attention of other people who were out there who really had to be gluten-free like I did. And they were going, yeah, this sucks. This is ridiculous. Please make us laugh and feed us some fried food. And, and I was, I was the person for that job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause not as another person in your camp. Um, I think you can tell the people who are not voluntarily gluten-free by the ones who are angry about it and not proselytizing. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly those of us this who look just... sour and get mad when there's beignets on the menu and we can't eat them you know we're sitting in the corner at the party very angry drinking all of the vodka that's oh, yeah. that's that's who are the None real of the beer no beer bring us the wine yeah. bring us the hard stuff yeah exactly looking yeah. sad and wondering this is something i would like to request in future books since the book is going oh, the book sure. thing is going well could somebody figure out how to make a croissant? Yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors. It is the holy grail of gluten-free baking. It is. And I've heard that the Mariposa in San Francisco makes a good one. I haven't had it. Ooh, okay, good to know. I've heard that. I've heard Char has one, like a Oh, yeah, I have heard that too, and I have not eaten it either. Haven't seen it. I heard that. I heard there were some at this expo I went to, but they were all gone by the time I got there. I understand. I know because everybody's like, and "Give me the croissant." If you throw down a bunch of gluten-free croissants at a, at a gluten-free expo, please, yeah, you're going to get trampled. It's like um, throwing hundred-dollar bills in the air. Exactly. So I've heard the, I've, but I haven't had one, and I haven't seen one to buy one because I would buy one. I, I, I'm going to keep you posted on this. I'm not going to be able to bake it because I'm not a pastry chef, okay. and. Um, and I, I'm not going to pretend to be, but um, I, I, this is, you're right. You're I'm willing right. to pretend. I'm willing to try. I think yeah. I have the motivation, but um, oh, I God. do not have the skill nor the experience and probably yeah. not the brains to know what's required in order to get into it. I know there's a lot of kneading and, and cold. A lot of kneading. And a lot a of lot butter. Of- yeah, getting that flake, that real flake, is what I find to be impossible. And that's why I always say in my books, I'm like, here's how you can make a pie crust. However, why not go to Whole Foods and buy a pre-made Whole Foods brand gluten-free pie crust? Because that's going to be a lot easier and a lot prettier for your for your guests. Because, yeah, the flaky stuff is just, you know, I'm a home cook. I'm not a chef. So it's um, it's challenging. Very challenging to feed the family and feed feed everyone and uh, you know make it delicious and and good looking. So how do you do as a home cook? Like how is your kitchen organized now, given your gluten situation? This is a question I'm asking for myself as well as anyone else who's listening. But how do you deal yeah. with the fact that, as someone who is celiac, you know some other people maybe want the gluten, and how do you organize your house that way? Well, I, there's one small part of a pantry that has any type of, like, every now and then there's a breakfast cereal that might go in there every now and then. If if we have any um, normal bagels that come into the house, which doesn't happen often, but when it does, it goes in this little area. I have one... Um, like saucepan type type pan to cook. Like if my kids want to get some mac and cheese in a box that's not gluten free, which happens every now and then, that that's where that's cooked. Um, and I have one pasta strainer that's just for gluten. 
And anything else, if you're going to toast something, you're going to do anything else, you got to put foil down. You cannot touch any of my stuff with your gluten. Um, that's that's just the rule in my house. Get your gluteny paws. Get your gluten out of my house. Um, yeah. So yeah, I keep it pretty tight because yeah, I, I it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like if we I went to a restaurant with my kids and they literally had gluten all over them, and then and like littlest was just climbing on me, and I'm like I'm gonna get sick just because you're next to me at this point. So like I'm not inviting that into my home. I'm not bringing that in my house. Yeah, it's challenging enough outside in the real world. I know it just feels like I have this vision as you're talking about the kitchen and I've had this image myself of just like, you know, on crime shows when they have to go into like the airborne with the, with the HVAC yeah, suits, the hazmat suits and they yeah. come in and be like, if you want to eat a bagel, I'm going to put this suit on. Totally. Totally. I mean, it's like bleach. <laughs> like, yeah, no. And, and I, I'm lucky enough that I have a husband who, um, I think last week we had something. Oh, I accidentally, this was the dumbest thing. I accidentally bought this pancake mix. It's a brand I like a lot. Um, Birch something. I can't mm. even think of the name of it now. And we had a guest from out of town and a little kid. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get the version with chocolate chips. It's going to be so great. And I was making it and making it. And I looked, my husband laid down. He's like, um, this isn't gluten-free. Ooh. I was like, are you joking? I just contaminated my entire kitchen. Oh. I was planning on it. Thank God he saw it before I ate them. Oh, Lord. Thank God. Um, and I was like, I can't believe it. I thought it was the same brand. Clearly, they'd make a non-gluten-free version. I had no idea. Um, and then he was like, I'm going to clean the kitchen. So he took care of everything, too, because I have, I guess, I think the greatest husband in the world um, who will, like, you know, take it take it away and make sure I'm, I'm not around it. Yeah. So Thank what God. do you do when you do the scrub? Is it really like a bleach thing? Like, I yeah. just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lots of bleach. And then, because um, this was also my big, giant... Um, it, luckily my griddle was in storage because you know, that can't be oh, scrubbed, God. right? So I was happened to be using a, a great big frying pan because I didn't, my other one was in storage. So luckily that was easily cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. If it'd been like a cast iron or anything, oh, God, I would be like, I guess iron. I throw it away now. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's God, what I do. Like, I know. I was thinking of cast iron. It's all like soaking in and you're like, no. Yeah. That would have, that would have been much worse. Oh, yeah. Oh Lord. I know. Yeah. Fun Things time. Things you have to think about, but I do, I mean, it's just, it's sort of part of the deal. It's just unfortunate, but I don't know. I don't know. It can be done. It can be done. I think that the more people you have on your team, the better, you know, again, having your, you know, your promised one on your team. <laughs> what was that? Promised one. I feel like I'm in the 1950s. Um, I like it. I like it because I really dislike the word fiance. I find it so really irritating. I do too. I think it's weird. I think it's I can't not show up. Wait to get rid of it. Oh, and that accent, yeah. and I have to do the thing on the. Say. And the, yeah. it always says spelled wrong. So of course I can't you know, stand when something is spelled wrong. You know, in the in the word doc, unless I know <laughs> that it's correct. I'm just like, okay, yes, I know. I'm not losing using the accent. So now I got to do the thing where you hold it down Annoying. and you press the two and get the accent on it. And it's just like so, that's well, ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, we've Oof. been we've been going with betrothed. Um, oh, I like that. I like that too. But yeah, so you get him on your team, you know, right. get him. I'm sure he, he's got your back and just, and, and the longer it is, I mean, now at this point, like my husband can actually do better than I can at a restaurant because I'll be talking and he's like, oh, and by the way, and you know, he's, he's, because he obviously he doesn't want me sick. <laughs> I'm very unpleasant. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he's highly motivated. <laughs> he's highly motivated to keep me well. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, I would say my, I mean, he does most of the cooking. So, oh, good. so we should put him on the chicken fried steak brigade because that That's is some delicious, thing. delicious foods. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go to the store today and get stuff to make chicken fried steak. I just, now it's in my head and I have to have it. That's, this is absolutely happening this week. It's we happening. found a recipe, um, and I don't know if you've tried this one. I think we found it through Nom Nom Paleo or something, but it's like almost like popcorn fried chicken. Mm. So we marinate a bunch of chicken thighs, basically, um, so like the dark perfect. meat in, you know, probably like saline do like the salt water like you do with the turkey. Right. And then we cook it in coconut oil with, and then dip it in arrowroot first. Oh, yeah. And it's like popcorn chicken. That's nice. That is nice. That I was love like that. my crack for like a good nine months. And the whole house smelled like fried coconut oil, but we didn't even care. I was like, <gasps> chicky, chicky, chicky. I gotta have it. Check that out. Nom Nom Paleo. Yeah, she does a lot of that coconut oil cooking. Mm. Yeah, I think she even had something else, but we maybe it was ghee. We're like, Jesus, how are you going to get that much ghee? That's a lot of ghee. That is a lot of ghee to fry. And cast then? iron. Oh my god! And we were like, that's no. a lot. We went with the coconut oil, and it's just yeah, as good. So ignore, yeah. ignore the ghee. I'm going to ignore the ghee. Go with coconut oil, popcorn, chicken. That popcorn sounds delicious too. Now I want everything. Oh God, it's so good. The fried foods. Well, it's like the ones that are forbidden are the ones that yes. become the most desirable. Absolutely. You give me a fried chicken. I was just in Portland, Oregon. I had fish. There's a fish and chips restaurant that's all gluten-free. It's been gluten-free. They just um, found a recipe they liked better that was gluten-free. It was not on purpose. It's been in business for like 15 years. <gasps> I went there three times. <laughs> oh my God. We might be going to Portland going back in uh, September. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Hawthorne's Fish House has insane, and they have a deep fried beer batter, gluten-free beer batter, um, as well as like a thinner, like that you can choose between your batters. I mean, it was insane. It was just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's getting better. There's so many more options. Yeah. And I you're, know. you're it's definitely true. leading the charge with recipes that are not like, I'm a healthy hippie, and I just want a little bit of quinoa and kale. Never mind, quinoa and kale. It's just all I've ever wanted. I just didn't know until right now. Yeah, no, I, I, that sucks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to, uh, to lead the way. I'm trying to, to get people on board with, you know, serving us in public places and like, you know, like, just make a. You know, you don't have to dust everything with flour. You really don't. It's really not going to make that big of a difference if you just lay off the flour for five minutes. Um, you and know, soy I, sauce. Why is there wheat in soy you know, sauce? The freaking tamari tastes exactly the same. the same. Yes, I also found a Thai restaurant in Portland. Of course, Portland, oh where God, they use they cook. It's the dream where they cook with wheat wheat free tamari. That's what they cook with. So later Magic. on, if they add soy in a sauce, it's not gluten free, but most of their stuff is gluten free naturally. So, have you ever had anything come up with with your family, or is it just you? Well, my daughter, I had her tested because she was having some weird stuff. You know, like she was having some funky stomach and whatever. And I had her tested, and she has the gene. And at first, she tested positive for celiac, and we were like, "Oh my god!" But then they did the endoscopy, and they're like, "Her villi are fine. Everything's fine. Thank God." So they're kind of like, she had, and then they did the genetic testing. She has the gene, so they're like, kind of watch it. But it's funny because with my son, I'm like, "Oh, he's fine," and <laughs> it's like sort of that denial. It's like, "I'm sure he's fine." Uh, I tested him once just for celiac, but not genetic testing. But lately, he's been like complaining about joint pain, and I'm like, "Oh." Crap! Go back. Oh and, no! Yeah, and then my mom. Of course, I'm not sure. I 
think you know this. I'm not sure that she had uh, was diagnosed with gluten ataxia, which affects your is. brain. Oh my god! It either and um, and this is definitely you know I feel like really lucky in that when I started to get sick. I was diagnosed really quickly and I, that's not most people's story. You know, like you're saying like so many people suffer in silence and they're just, you know, and, um, so my story was, Oh, I got diagnosed really quickly. And then, um, around the time I was started getting sick, my mom was getting sick, but with like what we thought was some sort of dementia and like also coordination and uh, things like that. And nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. And then about a year into my celiac diagnosis, um, I was visiting with her doctor and I said, I've heard that celiac can affect the brain and it's genetic and my doctors are very shocked that no one else in my family has it, so could you test her? And the doctor laughed at me, <sighs> laughed at me. It's like, nice. it does not have anything to do with the brain. So I'm pissed, but I'm like, okay, maybe you know more than I do. And then about six months later, I read an article about gluten ataxia, which is um, an autoimmune disease where instead of attacking your intestines, it attacks your brain. And every single symptom was every single thing my mom had. Oh, God. Every single At that point, it destroyed her brain. It was too late. Oh. And it was horrible. I'm totally bringing this down in a really sad place. But, um, yeah, so it was like there's your connection. There's your autoimmune connection. Your mother had this. And then she did She did pass away after a fall. I mean, it was, it's a pretty ugly story and pretty horrible and nobody knew what it was. And um, I emailed her a, a doctor, a different doctor, not the one that laughed at me because fuck him. Right. Um, but another doctor because she was in Texas and um, and told her to test for it. And she's like, yep. She tested positive. All the antibodies were there. Oh. Yeah. That's awful. Awful. So that's after that point because my brother was like, I don't need to get tested. I'm fine. After that point, I was like, do you want this to happen to your brain? Yeah. Get tested. And he got tested, and he was fine. Um, but but the but sort of the good, the whole, it was horrible. There's nothing good about it, but the positive is now I know in my own family, if anybody starts to have these weird um, dementia problems that are unexplained, it's like check the antibodies. Yeah. Because it is reversible if you catch it early enough. Unfortunately for her, it wasn't. But it's one of those, yeah, that was a downer but yes so that happened and but uh, it does I mean I think it does bring up it's like there's this whole genre of writing that is you know people writing about their own personal experience and a lot of writing about food and they think oh that's this light kind of airy kind of writing and books and it's like no this is actually really impactful for people's lives and very serious yeah yeah no, it really is. And in, and as you know, like, you know, celiac, if you don't treat it, you, like I had a great grandmother who died of stomach cancer and they're like, she's probably an undiagnosed celiac. Oh, you know, nobody was looking at like, it's, it's just one of those things that is very serious. It sounds so fucking funny because it's like gluten, gluten is the culprit. Like what, what is that? Like you can't eat toast. Like, okay. Like it's just such a weird, weird autoimmune disease. It's so weird. And there is a lot to poke fun at because it is such a, a strange thing and such a trendy thing. But at the end of the day, it's really fucking serious. It's a really yeah. big deal. Exactly. Yeah, really big deal. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting. We saw actually a stand-up comedian recently at a show. And he was saying something like he was just sort of 
bitching about the way people talk about, oh, those kids today, you know, like everybody does in every generation. And they were saying, what is with all these allergies and the peanut allergies and all this stuff? And he's like, yeah, they had that when you were younger. It was just called, you know, people would just stay fucking sick and nothing was done about it. Like, it was just like, oh, we call those undiagnosed, just random sick people. It's like, they just didn't have a name for it. Just because yeah, they now have they a name can't. for it doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's, I'm glad you bring you bring up the peanut allergy, Caroline, and we can talk about my next book. <laughs> oh, you're going to write a book on the peanut allergy? Well, Big Cells Are My Bitch is my, oh, the book that's coming out in spring. And, oh, and it, I tackle the eight main food allergens. Yeah. And, and I did really, I was really inspired by parents and kids of, you know, the peanut allergy kids. And then since I've done a lot of research, I realized that, that any allergy, any food allergy can be life-threatening. But you always hear about the peanut allergies being so severe and so life-threatening and they're very serious. And as a parent and someone who's worked in the parenting space, I've also seen parents who are like, that's bullshit. There's no allergies. What's wrong with everybody? You know, I've seen right. both sides. Yeah. yeah. And as somebody yeah. who is, you know, does have a food problem and does get sick, you know, I'm like, what the, what the fuck's wrong with you? But I'm also a mom <laughs> and I have kids and I'm like, it's hard enough for me to pack a lunch of things that they like. And now you want me to have restrictions because somebody else is allergic. So I get both sides. I get like frustrated parents who like nobody's taking their kids' allergies seriously and frustrated parents who are like, why can't I pack this in a lunch? What is your problem? Like I get that it's just, it's so fraught and that's what big sales are my bitch is what I'm, I'm, I'm tackling. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to, you know, find some common ground between these people. And, um, and I talk about the eight main food allergens, which are, you know, peanuts, tree nuts, wheat, dairy, eggs, soy, shellfish, fish, did I miss one? Did I say eggs? Did I say eight? You said eight. said eight. I think I said eight. Yeah. So those are the eight, those are the main foods that people have allergic reactions to and can have, you know, um, um, anaphylactic, should go into anaphylactic shock if they eat them. Those are the ones. So that's what I focused on for this book. But I found out that like any food, any food, people who are allergic to eggplant, if they have that severe of a reaction, they can die from eating eggplant. And it's crazy it's just it's it's yeah it's a very crazy thing um but it's not you're you're right it's not new this has been around forever there are more people who are being diagnosed because more people know about it and there are probably more people that do have it that's definitely been on the rise but it has always been there yeah absolutely and now we just have more information and we can do stuff but people like to make fun of things that they don't know um yeah yeah i uh, but on another note, I'm just very excited about this book because one of the trickiest things about being gluten-free is going to dinner parties. Dinner parties are like a disaster. So if you can bring a dessert that you can eat, yes, it is a miracle. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always advocate that and you know this as well from being gluten-free for so long that like I always will bring um, what I want to eat. Like yeah. I'm never to assume that somebody has something that's safe for me I'm never going to assume you know and, and, and I'm sure you've had this happen as well as I have where really well-meaning friends are like I'm gonna make it gluten-free and then they make it you know in the same pot as something that has gluten or they yeah. you know, or they bread. stick a cookie in the ice cream and you're like ooh. great now I'm done yeah so you just can't you really can't you can't rely on other people there's you know you do have your friends as we know that are like I, I, they get it right every time, and you're like, "Thank, thank God for you." I will come over to your house and eat there anytime. But, but for the most part, it's and, and also 
On the flip side, which is something I do talk about in bake sales for my bitch, is that you know as well as I do, when you cook for somebody, you make something for somebody, it doesn't feel good for them to say they, they're not going to eat it, even if it is like a health issue. It just right. feels a rejection. You feel like, oh my God, I put all this work in and now you're telling me you're not going to eat my food that I put all this love into, or I put all this effort into. And so I get like the the disconnect between the two different parties. Like it's, you know, it's uh, it's an emotional thing, food. Very emotional. Absolutely. Talk about like our death row last meal. Yeah, we're really getting into it here. This is, but I think the the thing is, it's a huge amount of effort for you to make these things to put in the book in the first place. So how is the process of, because you're not just writing about your experience, you're sharing recipes, which is yeah. with people who desperately need them. But that's a lot of work to create them and test them. Like, how is that process for you? I know you write about it on the blog, but I'm just curious how it is doing it for the book. Oh my God, it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> Be so grateful for hard. these recipes, people. You've sweated blood for oh, them. I have. And also something, I'm not sure people who aren't in the cookbook writing world know this, but it makes sense. Like if you're going to put a recipe in a book, you need to test it at least three times, you know, because you, you know, like you just, you, you have to do that. And, um, you have to, sorry, I just got distracted for a second. Um, so yeah, you have to test it three times and I still have a few recipes in my newest book. I still have not gotten right. And it's done. It's edited. But I'm like, I'm like, you guys hold off on these because these may not work out ever for me. Like maybe somebody else can do it. But I there's because I'm a home cook, you know, I had grandmothers that knew how to cook. I had friends that helped me learn how to cook. Like I'm not a professional chef. So it's all about like, what do I want to eat? What do I, what can I make? How can I do this? And how if I can do it, most normal people can too. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, listen, I'm not a professional chef, so you can do this too. But it just takes like repeating, 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 um, guessing. And, you know, once you've been in the world for a while, that's whether it's gluten-free or whatever free, you like, I've been gluten-free and nothing else, but I still know the vegan tricks because, you know, gluten-frees and vegans hang out a lot. <laughs> run in the same circles. So like, I've learned things over time of like the best egg replacer, the best way to to cheat on butter. Like all these things are things I've, I've learned. Um, but it's a pain in the ass. Um, but at the same time, like it's, I, I just want people who are going to pick it up to be like, thank you. I at least have something I can bring to the bake sale. I at least have something I can make for my kid's birthday party that all these kids can eat and I don't have to worry about it. And I don't have to feel like I'm going to hurt somebody when I serve up food at this party. Um, so yeah, it's not my favorite thing to do recipe testing, but I do feel like it's, you know, come on, we, we, we need to, we need to open the doors for everyone. We need to welcome everyone to our table and not be assholes about the whole situation. Well, it's like world peace through decent dessert. I mean, I think it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, being able to take something and just say, everybody can eat this. You're like the most popular person at the whole place because the person who isn't allowed to eat something is the one who wants it more than anybody else there. No, I can, I can say that from experience. I know. I know. It's so sad. It really is. It's like, I, I've been to, to dinner parties before where somebody's so careful about every single thing, but they're like, Oh, but the dessert. And I'm like, Oh, you were so great. <laughs> I can't have to. And now you're on my shit list. Yeah. yeah um, fuck you with that cake. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it 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 does make feel you know if you can make a kid feel included, it's, and I'm talking to children in this book, but honestly, I'm an adult and I feel the same way. <laughs> it goes a really long way. It really I mean, does. Emotionally, we're all children when it comes to food, particularly with desserts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, really, like I went to um, you know tonight I went to a party for my daughter's, you know, theater group. And I was like, oh, maybe we live in LA. Maybe they'll have gluten-free pizza. Maybe they'll have gluten-free pizza. They did not have gluten-free pizza. Oh, <laughs> so, damn it. There's like at least three places here too that have it. That's good. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, yeah. There's so Lucifer, I, there's tomato pie. You know, it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Two Boots there's does crust. right now. Yeah. Do Two Boots does? I think they oh. do. I, I haven't like been there. I haven't been there because I can assume they didn't, but I haven't been there. I think yeah. they may do it now. Huh. Huh. How about that? But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was actually surprised that there weren't gluten-free options there because we're in L.A. But obviously that's not their, not their jam. Yeah. Even in L.A. you can be shut out. Yeah. Even in L.A. Even in L.A. I mean, because L.A. is drastically better than, than other places on these things for the most part. Yeah, yeah, but but I found honestly, I found cities much better than LA. Like, oh, really? So, what is your top like top three best cities for gluten free eating? Portland, Oregon. Oh yeah, that's true. Of course, we were just there a couple weeks ago. It's awesome. Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. Um, Austin, Texas, which is where oh. my family, so I'm there a lot. So that's I've also you know, but but they're great. It's great, like so amazing there. Um, and I've only been to San Francisco once since I was diagnosed. It seems pretty, pretty great. I'm sure you've probably been there a lot more than I have and can, 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 can test. And also New York, believe it or not. Every time I've been to New York, I found some new great places. that have, and I, I think felt- New York is coming up. It's coming up. But yeah, I remember a few years ago asking for almond milk for my coffee. And they looked at me like I was insane. In New York? In New York. They were just like, oh, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm back on the dairy sauce now, so it, it isn't so much of an issue. But I, I was just like, what? It's not that shocking. I mean, I didn't ask for like yak, baby yak milk or something. Yet. It's like, yet, I know, we're, who knows? I might have a baby yak in my house eventually. We have enough pets as it is, but. Milk that yak. Milk that some, yak. Go to the west side, make some money. Maybe that's Perfect. the secret, the secret sauce for the croissants. I can make my own croissants with the baby yak. I like it. I like it. I'm going to my birthday in a few weeks. Now I know what to ask for. Yak. Baby yak. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I do. So, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so which of the recipes in uh, Big Cells are my bitch is the one that you still liked after having to test it a bunch of times? Or you're just like, oh my God, I'm so over all of them. Um... Oh gosh, let me see. I feel like the one that well, I, I, I cheated a little bit because I made a crepe, uh-huh. and I made it before in gluten is my bitch. But I just took a few more things out of it to make it even more allergy friendly. Got it. And, and I think you can't go wrong with a crepe. No, ever. No. I don't care. Like even the gluten free ones I had when I was diagnosed early on that I made, I was like, this is delicious. Like yeah, I you just put some it, jam on that. Mm. Yeah, jam or like I go, I go straight. Well, well, I didn't do ham and brie for this because I was also doing, you know, a little bit of vegan and a little bit. But like, if you're not vegan and like freaking ham and brie is like my favorite crepe, and there's there's really no way to go wrong with that. There's no way, no No. way to. Yeah, I don't think you can. It's so good. 
I know people always think I'm vegan because I'm gluten-free, including like, aren't you vegan? I'm like, I just ate a steak in front of you right now at dinner. Not so vegan. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, that would be a strange choice if I was vegan. Yes, it would. would. Although I did know, I did know a story. I heard a story from someone that had a friend, so it's secondhand, but, and she said her friend was a vegan and her doctor was like, you are not getting, your blood cells are not okay. You're not, whatever, something, I don't know, something health wise. And so she would say, I'm a vegan, but once a month I eat steak medicinally. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I mean, if that's what it takes, if that was what she had to do, I mean, I'm sure that that would be considered a better, you know, choice ethically than eating it all the time. I don't know. Why not? Yeah. You do too, right? Yeah, exactly. But us do us. I do like a veggie burger with some bacon on it. I'm not going to lie. That's weird, but it sounds real weird, but it's delicious. Mm. Mm, like a black bean situation? Yeah, black like a bean black bean burger. burger with some avocado and a little bacon on it. Real good. Oh, I like it. I like what I'm hearing. I know, no bun, of course. I, it's funny to me. I now think of burgers as being really weird with buns. I have no desire to ever have another hamburger bun. That's, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm just like, no. I, I, if somebody was like, oh, we have gluten-free buns, and I've tried it, and I'm just like, this is weird. Burgers do not belong with buns. Too much bread. Too much. Too much. They're huge. I'm just like, how am I supposed to bite into that? I don't get it. I want my nice little fork and knife experience. That's weird. Oh God, we sound sad. I know we we sound like those. (laughs) We sound like a couple of old ladies. Like, and I I have these nice sandals for my corns, and I think they're quite fashionable. (laughs) Lovely. They're very fashionable. They're really quite. I don't know why everyone looks at me so funny when I'm walking around in my Birkenstocks and black socks. Um, (laughs) It's comfy. That's what the kids are wearing in Europe. (laughs) <laughs> oh sad caroline oh it's sad oh. but you know you gotta laugh at it or else it's just it's just really sad but um it's really sad. <laughs> exactly. so what is your what has been your biggest i would say your favorite part and your least favorite part about transitioning i mean you still write the blog but sort of adding the book arsenal to the blog arsenal well, I mean, I'll be honest. I um, was a writer professionally before I started the blog. So I would much rather write a book than write a blog. <laughs> oh, the truth is out. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, every writer, I was, you know, writing for, for you know, newspapers and online and print and, and writing articles and lifestyle stuff. And so, of course, I wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. I didn't think this was going to be my book. <laughs> I did not think pooping, you know, um, my pants was going to be where I started my book career. Um, I really thought it would be something different. So I do, like, I, I, I look at myself more as a writer than, like, a food blogger because mm-hmm. I think, that's more of my, my thing. Um, but come on, I am, obviously I'm a food blogger. This is what I do. This is how people know me. Like I'm, I'm known for gluten is my bitch, even though I'm like, no, I'm a writer (laughs) before like, no, you gave us this great recipe for deep fried Kool-Aid. Thanks. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, I, I, I feel like I'm lucky. I had some writing backgrounds when people were like, oh my God, you've got to write about this. I'm like, I will, I will write about that. That sounds great. So what, what did you think your book would be? Like, what was your original dream about your, what your book would be? You know what? This is, oh, this is a great story. Um, I, I just moved to LA and that's when I started getting sick and I blamed it on LA. 
Um, turns out it wasn't LA. And at the time I had cut back at my job. I was a, a staff writer and I'd cut back because I'm like, this is stressful and I'm going to cut back. And right after I was diagnosed, I was telling my husband, I'm like, I have two blogs I'd like to do because I'm now I'm working part time and as a staff writer and I have time to do what I want to do. So one is going to be, um, I was a big overachiever kid and I had, and I carried all these boxes of trophies with me on many moves. I probably have 50 trophies and I'm like, I'm going to write about every one of these trophy experiences. It's going to be called the award winning blog. And I'm going to do this whole series. And I thought this could turn into a really fun memoir, fun type of thing. And then I said, and also I want to start a blog about celiac and what's going on called gluten is my bitch. My husband was like, gluten is my bitch. Do gluten is my bitch. <laughs> and he's in marketing. So I was yeah. like, oh, you're, apparently you were right. Because I was like, that's what I did. And that's what took off. So, so yeah, it's kind of funny. You could still trophy book, though. I could. And I still have those trophies. That's amazing. <laughs> you should at least post a photo of all of them together. I've taken some photos. I feel like they need to be better quality to, to really, you know, show the glory of my youth you might need some like some good lighting and like some bounce to get the real sparkle yeah i need like a velvet mm. you know thing underneath yeah velvet yeah, drape that's what's velvet drape velvet yeah. drape like your palm photos yeah exactly or like elvis paintings those like black velvet yeah. paintings Yes, exactly. That's what needs to happen i know now i'm inspired again i got to pick out this trophy get those trophies out of the box and get going on that i am really interested in the trophies what are what are they the majority are they sports trophies are they uh a few not many not, not many, many sports debate are we not debate trophies um a few speech and and theater and things nice. but um i have a lot of 4-h trophies which is why really? i think it's really interesting that's amazing i know what 4-h is i showed sheep i did different speech contests for leadership and citizenship and you know all these things um it's very wholesome american business so i find it fascinating that that was my 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 background (laughs) i don't know i think there is a story in this i would read that plus i'm gonna come straight to you when i get this baby yak because you clearly know how to deal with with i I have i have milked a sheep i have a cow i don't think i've milked a cow Sheep, yes. Yeah, I know what's going on. Nice. I can uh, plow your field. That sounded dirty. <laughs> That's Never mind. I know. We're going to leave it in because it's so good. Well, I don't worry. I have no field because we our house is just on a – there's a little driveway and a parking lot right. around it. So you don't have to worry. There's no field. Right. It requires maintenance. That probably sounds good. even worse than I'll That's plow your field. Good. We're getting, okay. we're getting really, really good here. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So what I will, my last question I have, which is sort of off the, the deep end, but what are you reading right now that you're excited about? Or what have you read recently that you're excited about? I actually, um, Jesse Klein's book, You'll Grow Out of It. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen this. I love it. She's so funny. She's a writer. I think she was a showrunner on Amy Schumer, maybe the head writer showrunner. Um, and she's worked on a lot of other TV shows. She was a stand-up comedian, but mostly she's known for writing TV. And randomly, I was just in Portland, Oregon, which is my new favorite place, obviously. It's and uh, good. 
so good. And uh, the friend I was staying next door to, she was like, oh, my college friend is doing a book reading at Pals. Do you want to come? And I'm like, of course I do. And it was Jesse Klein, and that was oh. her college friend. I was like, what? That's your college friend? Amazing. And so I got the book and met her and talked to her a little bit. And I'm just like, you are the funniest woman. You're so inspiring. You're, like, making me think of, like, things I can do that are, you know, interesting and fun. And, like, I just, like, I love it when you read a book and you're like, oh, my God, you're my people. And now I'm inspired because of something you've done. I think it's just the best feeling ever. So, yeah. Jesse Klein, you'll grow out of this. All right, we'll put a link to it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we were in Portland a couple weeks ago, and we were in Powell's for like four hours. It's just like, and you're barely warming up. Oh, my God. It's just, it is really, you know, it's the greatest bookstore ever. It is. I would rather go to Powell's than the Strand, for sure, any day. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, because I love the way it's organized. Um, Because one of the things, I love the weirdness section, if you've seen that one. And then the other thing that I loved was they had the sex section right next to the heart health section, which to me was like very clever. Very, very clever. Perfect. I know they're, they're, it's great. It's it's such an amazing store. I know. I want to have one in every town. Well, you should do a signing there. I know. I need to talk to them. Don't I? You should talk to them. Biggest fan. Can you, can I come? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can make that work. Yeah. I've got friends up there. We'll get them, get you in there. Yeah. Get on that. Let's get on On it. Okay. Portland. Portland. So your book is coming out. Yes. This is the other thing. So your book is coming out in April, 2017. Well, 2017, baby. Did you specifically request April because your name is April or did you just get it? I I just got it. It's my first book coming out in April. April. April, April. I mean, I can just see the Instagram, Facebook excitement. It's going to be happening. It's It's all going to be happening. happening. I can't wait. Going to see some some ding-dongs, some Twinkies, some vegan Twinkies up in there. No, that's a thing. Vegan Twinkies. Watch for it. I'm going to watch for it. Hashtag vegan Twinkies. Yeah, and gluten-free obs. Everything's gluten-free to... Yeah, I mean, that we've already done. But but vegan Twinkies Uh, is the next frontier. Yep. Yes, it is. Right wow. here. You heard it right here. So thank you so much, April. It's been awesome talking to you and sharing so you, much Carol. of our uh, personal digestive history. I feel very bonded after this. Sad and gross, but beautiful. <laughs> That's true of most things that are worth experiencing in the end. That's true. Maybe not at first. Excellent. Yeah, but later. Yeah, excellent point. All right. Thank you, Caroline. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you. Woo-woo. Thanks again to Muse Monthly for sponsoring the show. I found them because I was a subscriber, so I definitely encourage you all to check them out. They focus on contemporary adult fiction with a, an emphasis on literary fiction from debut writers, so it's a wonderful way to find a new book um, because I know everybody loves to read. So check them out, musemonthly.com, and remember the code is SECRET00, all one word, all caps, to get 10% off your subscription. Thank you for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. The show is produced by me, Caroline Donahue, and Frederick Barry McWilliams Jr., my tireless audio engineer. To get show notes for this episode and all other episodes, please visit secretlibrarypodcast.com. To get updates, literary love, and notification when new episodes are posted, sign up there for Footnotes, my newsletter. And to learn about life coaching with me to work on building your writing life, visit carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. 
Gold stars to everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. We're so grateful. Until next time, happy reading. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. This is the summer to expand your horizons. It's time to explore. But before you set foot out the door, set foot in the ultimate lightweight, super packable travel shoes from Allbirds. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.